0: Welcome, Savvy Seeker, to the Spiritual Phoenix Podcast. This is your audio oasis and paranormal portal. You can experience legendary guests, thought-provoking tarot readings, astonishing astrological forecasts, and exposure to ideas intent on igniting your unlimited inspiration. Subscribe today to keep your fire burning. One last thing, you are encouraged to reach out and ask questions. Become a part of the show. Now, please enjoy today's episode. All right, welcome back, everyone, to The Fool's Guide to Tarot. I am Ross Cessna, and we are joined with Stephanie Capone. Stephanie, how's life treating you?
1: Wonderful, Ross. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. We have a second co-host today. Renji the Pug is with us, so she is keeping me on my toes.
1: (laughs) I heard she knows a lot about tarot, so I'm excited to hear her thoughts.
0: She does. She's very, very knowledgeable, more so than myself. Um, so a, a quick recap of last week. We talked about the lover and the sixes. So what is the uh, bullet point on the sixes in numerology?
1: So the sixes are a lot about um, reciprocal relationships. Hmm. So each element represents or each suit represents a different element of our relationships. The sixes are a lot to do with our the relationship between the spiritual self and our physical selves, and um, then each of the six minors kind of embodies that relationship.
0: Okay. And what is the uh, what is the main concept of the lovers overall?
1: The Lovers is about um, choosing, it's about choice, so it's about choosing what serves um, kind of your instant gratification, pleasure-seeking mind, and then, or pleasure-seeking self, and then your higher self.
0: Okay. And then Six of uh, Swords was kind of about th- this journey or this travel and kind of making the, uh, the transition transition from one stage of life to the next, correct?
1: Right. Um, And so if you're looking at that in terms of how that affects us in our relationships, I think that a lot of times people think they have to go it alone. Hmm. As you had mentioned, and this is saying like, it's okay to reach out and accept help, and whatever form that's going to take. And a lot of times we think that one specific person is going to be, that person that helps us in every facet of life and, and being confident to know that sometimes other people will come into our lives that help us through in our cycles and seasons and to be open to all of it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I like that. And then uh, the bullet point for the six of wands.
1: Six of wands is a lot about um, our relationship with, creativity and how that affects our relationships with other people and not being jealous and being excited and knowing that there's room for everybody and everybody's winning when we're all following our passion
0: Hmm. and then six of pentacles is kind of about the concept of um finding this balance in the material world and also being open to receiving kind of the gifts of the universe
1: yeah definitely
0: and six of cups. What does that one mean?
1: That's um, finding those those relationships that feel like home, making peace with your home and your family of origin, and finding and making your way and creating your own family, hmm. around people that feel like home to you and are your soul family.
0: Awesome! Yeah, very very well done. Um, and. Now we're going to be talking about the sevens and the chariot. Uh, Before we dive into that on like a deep level, what is the numerology of the seven? Like what does the seven mean?
1: Sevens are always like um, a lot of change. Sevens are like lucky. Like people think of it as like a lucky number. And if you see a lot of sevens, it's usually like, um, like the universe kind of like giving you claps, you know? Hmm. you're on the right path you're doing really good like even if you can't see necessarily I feel like the um the seven is really about there's like an element of magic to it and I think it's really trusting the steps and kind of like you know jump in the net appears kind of thing like walk and like the path will be revealed and trusting in that Mm -hmm. I think that that's a really big thing in all of the sevens is that um, how in the sixes it's like the person versus other people and I think that the sevens, it's really the person versus, or like ourselves versus the universe.
0: So it's kind of like this faith card.
1: It's their action. Hmm. Because um, the chariot is about the action you take to get out of where you currently are
0: yeah I really like that that's one of the things that um definitely has a lot of movement in the chariot card even though it's a stationary card which is interesting I always see it as a a card of movement so
1: that's the thing it's like that's the beauty of it you just said it it's like there's so much movement in the sevens but it's not necessarily in the way that you think Mm. you know
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's start with the Moon Void tarot on this one. I'm curious to see what your chariot is.
1: So my chariot, it's a bunch of notebooks. It's like you can see the person's arm writing and Mm -hmm. a stack of notebooks and paper flying everywhere. And they they all have dates on them.
2: So they're basically
1: blank. And Mm -hmm. the story is being rewritten and created.
0: Hmm. So, this is largely about your process of that, like, time you took off on sabbatical, kind of in the cabin, and did every all the uh, required footwork to create this deck, then, correct?
1: Right. And the interesting thing and the thing of note is that when I made this deck, I was not trying to make a tarot deck. Mm-hmm. The thought of making my own tarot deck had never crossed my mind. Hmm. I was doing something else, you know, that like life is you know, life happens when you're making other plans, kind of cheesy saying. It's like, I was trying to start my life over and make big changes, but I had no idea what the hell I was doing, what I wanted to do. I knew what I didn't want, but I didn't know what I wanted. And I just felt enormously creative and I just followed that
2: Hmm.
1: without any intended destination. I trusted that I was taking action and the universe was going to carry me the rest of the way.
0: I think that's a very important concept. Sorry for cutting you off. What were you going to say?
1: No, I was just saying that 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 really feels like the chariot to me.
0: Yeah, I was going to say that that's a really good uh, explanation of it. I've never really viewed it that way about just taking action and kind of letting the leaving the results up to the universe but given that understanding I think that you really expressed that very well in your card especially understanding the uh the backstory to how you went about creating your deck so I think that's very beautiful um yeah you're welcome thank you for making it and having this conversation it's awesome so one of the things that comes up to me on the Ryder smith weight chariot is that yellow and it goes back into the navel chakra of sense of self really having the sense of self to step out then there's the uh, light blue of that kind of universal tapestry which would be first off communicating with the universe by taking action then secondly listening to the universe and kind of receiving some kind of uh, external guidance then there's the aspect of the uh, two sphinxes that have the alternating colors which is really Understanding that there's going to be both good and bad, but using both of those as vehicles for transformation and realizing that uh, the movement comes from the shifting between the two. If you always had all good, there'd be no kind of charge for movement. And if things were always bad, you'd always be fucking paralyzed where you wouldn't want to move. Um, And one of the things in the card that really sticks out to me that I thought you did a really good job expressing in the Moon Void Tarot is... How that's it's really stationary and to me that kind of talks about um, the introspection that's required for this movement which you did uh, again an uh, exquisite job explaining in in your uh, interpretation of it what do you have to say on that what say you
1: <laughs> Thank you so much um, I feel like the you know the six if we say the five was the contraction where we're like, okay, we know we got to make change because this is painful. And then the six is kind of opening up to reciprocal energy of the universe. The seven is like, okay, I've got a little taste of what is possible with change. Now what?
2: Hmm.
1: And I feel like with, um, for me, it was, just writing and drawing as much as I could, just because it felt right without knowing where it was going. And so I think that a lot of times when people get this card, they want to know that they're going to be safe and guided. And I feel like this is a card where you can really trust that the universe is going to help you just get everything that needs to come out of you to come out so you can Get moving on the path hmm. you don't necessarily have to go anywhere to do
0: that yeah I definitely think that that's incredibly true previously I had mentioned that travel really helped shape me a lot but at the same time the uh, biggest catalyst from my change came from being in the exact room that I left a decade pr- uh, prior to this whole journey I went on and actually sitting down and kind of doing this introspective work and really looking within And then it created a lot of movement, not in the external world, but in regards to where I was aligning my soul um, and where I was kind of getting the most out of my experience in life. So then maybe I could later on move. I I definitely think that oftentimes people look for uh, environmental shifts or external sources of gratification when the real thing that they have to do is get led to their own soul and kind of journey into the heart of themselves for clarity.
1: I couldn't have said it any more beautiful. And I love that that last line that you just said, that journey into the heart, um, because the chariot in astrology represents cancer. Okay. Cancer is such a nurturing sign and such a heart-centered emotional sign. The Mm. Cancer is ruled by the moon. So the tides, you know, ebb and flow and so do our emotions and our feelings. Um, And so I think that the chariot almost represents that protective shell that cancer has. When cancer Mm. doesn't feel safe to feel things and to express, they retreat into the shell until they're ready to come out. And so you can look at the chariot is like, you've been in your shell, but there's like, you've gotten in touch with that heart space and it's that rumbling of, and then eventual outpouring.
0: Hmm. I really like that uh, understanding and interpretation of it. I think that's very beautifully articulated. Thank
1: you.
0: So, so oh, go ahead.
1: Oh no, I was just gonna like, I, do you have anything more to say about the chariot?
0: No, not at all.
1: Okay, cause I think that um, a lot of times the sevens are very misunderstood I think people struggle with them. I know I struggled with them before um, I had a real, like, a much deeper understanding of tarot, um, especially the Seven of Swords.
0: Okay, I'm curious to see, like, what what your understanding of it is, and to see if I kind of have been misguided.
1: I don't know that anybody's misguided. I just, I really think that life has evolved and meanings shift like I've said from the beginning, I think so many people have come out with tarot decks as of late because the meaning of the traditional meanings have shifted Hmm. and our understanding and our capacity to, to self reflect and the emphasis on mental health as actually being valid has really shifted the meanings of a lot of the cards.
0: (laughs) Yeah, real quick on the mental health thing. This is just a quick side note. Like, Using tarot as a way to kind of get in a good place with mental health has been a huge part of my journey, and it's not something a lot of people will understand, but I would say that this helped me as much, if not more than traditional therapy, because it's a lot more accessible and relatable, and it causes me to look within and not need an external source of validation.
1: Exactly. If you think about it, um, your therapist is there to help you with probing questions, The tarot is there almost as art therapy and Mm. symbolism to help you ask yourself the probing questions. And a lot of times you, it's almost like a safe space Mm. to really like bring up things that seem complicated and through symbolism working through it in a way that feels, it kind of marries talking with, with your vision. So you're working with multiple senses. So I think that you can embody the messages a lot better and get in touch with yourself on a deeper level.
0: I think that's a really good perspective. And I would also add that um, I've heard it said that symbolism is the uh, language of the subconscious mind. So even before you begin to process it on an external level, um, you begin to break it down uh, subconsciously. And then there's also the aspect of If you're not being asked questions, if it's more of the subconscious level and kind of breaking through your own um, levels of awareness, you can't really reveal anything that you're not ready to bring up. So it really has this, um, I can't think of the word, uh, time release, uh, time release of your healing in like a very helpful way.
1: Definitely. And I think it's interesting too, not to run back to it, but speaking of healing, the canopy on the chariot looks like the back of the star card.
0: Hmm. I never noticed that before, but that's a very, very, um, good thing to point out,
1: you know, and, and it's like, it's a, it's above him, but it's kind of wrapping him up. Hmm. Here, Cause it goes behind him and above him and all around him. So it looks like the healing is all happening here so that would be your throat chakra, your crown, and your third eye chakra.
0: Something else that I noticed on that. Now that you brought that up, and the, <laughs> that all will shut up. Um, I, I recognize that the there's like the sun on his heart too, the sun or the moon, I guess it would be yeah. if it's nighttime. So it's kind of this uh, illuminating the darkness within the heart, so they can move forward. So it really is kind of showing that, shining the light on your internal landscape.
1: Right, and um, you know, cancer. Kind of rules the part of the body it, it rules the chest and like the upper stomach area so it's like you're per, kind of protecting your heart and you're protecting um like near your solar plexus hmm. and so i guess it's like feeling safe to lead with your emotions
0: wow that's definitely Uh, something we're not taught to do. We're taught to kind of suppress our emotions and not lead by that, but to lead by reason, which I think has its place, but I think also relying too much on reason can really dampen the life experience overall.
1: Absolutely. That's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Let's talk about the seven of swords. All
0: right. Do you want to start with the moon void tarot and then work our way into the uh, Rider Smith weight?
1: I wanna actually hold them up together next to one another for you. Okay. how different they are.
0: Oh yeah, vastly different. What is yours, the swords on yours are in what, like a butterfly cocoon or something or what?
1: So it's the side of a building. Okay. And it's like a big bag of swords. All right. So, if you ever, if you lived up north or you had a summer house, like you go around the back of the house in the summertime, and there's a hook there, and you throw your towels or you throw whatever, and it's kind of like to be dealt with later.
0: Oh, okay. Understanding your story and looking at that card, I have a sneaking suspicion of what it represents in your own life. Um, Um,
1: You know what, the Seven of Swords always was you know, they're like deception and like hiding and like getting one over on somebody, like being sneaky. And I think about the ways that, um, that our mind overthinks when somebody's trying to screw us over or when it's time to to leave a situation, but um, a lot of times it's like, you've got all of these swords and they're in the bag and it's like, how are you deceiving yourself? Mm. You're hiding that shit from yourself and you don't want to see it.
0: Yeah, self-deception is one of the hardest things to break out of. Um, Cause if, if you're lying to yourself, how can you, how can you get out of that? Like, it's like trying to bite your own teeth. I think Alan Watts was quoted as saying at one point
1: exactly and a lot of times too if this is in regards to other people this is like you have thoughts about a situation that you're not sharing Hmm. you're not letting your true thoughts be heard so whether that's to yourself or if that's to other people it's like you're not you're not letting it all be known you're not allowing yourself to process your thoughts
0: I think that's if one of the, uh, the
1: open, cause it's outside. Mm-hmm. Like you're not really hiding anything from anybody. Like just let's talk about it.
0: Yeah. I really think that one of the um, greatest disservices we do to ourselves. And it's something that we start to project into other relationships, or at least I have personally is uh, not honoring my own thoughts and then suppressing them. And then, starting to see other people doing that when they're really not um, because I've created this disharmony within myself.
1: Exactly. So if you think about, that's like you said it perfectly. If you think about the seven of swords in relationship to the chariot, it's like you can't take any action until you have really looked at your own baggage Mm -hmm. um, and gotten really clear and honest with, where you need, you know, what needs to change? Where do you need to take some action in your mind and in your words? Sometimes that's leaving a situation.
0: Yeah, that's a really uh, good way to phrase it. Yeah, if you're going to be going on this kind of journey, you need to make sure that you take what's important, but don't carry all this extra burden with you. You really have to do an inventory. I think that's a good card for an inventory, really. Um, and if you relate it to the the more traditional meaning of somebody trying to get one over on you or kind of hijacking your stuff, you would need to do an inventory to make sure of what they stole. So it kind of, there's like that correlation or that bridge between the two there as well of um, doing an inventory. Yeah.
1: I, yeah. I've heard a lot of people say that like when this card comes up um, to keep your thoughts to yourself.
2: Hmm.
1: Where it's like perhaps not time to speak about something, and I I guess you could go with that as um, as an interpretation based on maybe what's around. Like let's say if it were next to like um, like the Ace of Cups or the Two of Cups, it would be like maybe it's not time to go public with your relationship because there's. It's not fully formed. Hmm. Like there, the, the card. There's so many like different ways to interpret things. But just if you pulled a card of the day and it was the seven of swords, I would say like do that mental inventory of what what needs to be unpacked, and maybe then pull another card and say, okay, I understand that I need to do some some mental processing work. Where what area of my life or what what action can I take on my behalf to do that?
0: Hmm. That's a really good way to look at it, kind of add a little bit more to it so you get a clearer picture of what the footwork is to uh, make progress on it. One of the things that sticks out to me on the uh, Ryder smith weight interpretation of the card is this person has five uh, five swords, so it's kind of like they have these five ideas or these five thoughts, but they're focused on two of them. So it's almost, it goes into this level of um, uh, denial, again, I guess I would say, or like self-deception in the sense of focusing on these two things and not looking at the totality of what's really going on, kind of having that tunnel vision and not looking at the full scope of things. Definitely.
1: Hmm. You know, and it just made me think too, um, a lot of times especially in this card, um, a lot of times we are, have a ton of our own shit going on, but we're looking at other people's stuff. So this is almost like stay in your lane.
0: Hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, that's super important. And when we're focusing on other people and what they're not doing this side or the other, we're actually not focusing on ourselves and not really developing the only thing that we have control over which is our own lives attitudes actions and reactions exactly hmm yeah very well said um what card do you want to move on to next which you said that you feel like a lot of these are misunderstood i would say that seven of cups might be the next misunderstood where do you feel intuitively drawn to
1: um seven of cups is one of my favorite cards um so we'll go there
0: do you want to start with the moon void tarot
1: more sure. so in the moon void tarot she's kind of daydreaming hmm and she's daydreaming about all the things that she would love to have in her life
0: hmm like possibilities
1: yep and I think it's really important that in the seven of cups it's like um, Back to like law. This is a big law of attraction card.
2: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. You pick. (laughs) Um, so when we talk about our thoughts create our feelings, it's like feeling. If you want your life to change, you have to start embodying the feelings of the life that you want. Hmm. So instead of sitting there thinking, oh man, I really wish I had my own house, or I really wish I had 10 more clients, or I really wish I had a new car, or I really wish I had a, a husband or whatever, whatever, whatever it is, you are allowed to want, first of all, giving yourself permission to want. And then secondly, if you want to really get close to the things, you have to check that um, relationship with how you're feeling about them. So if you are thinking about the job and the income that you want and you're thinking about it from a place of lack, then that's all you're attracting to you. But if you're thinking about it and you can feel it, if you can get into the, you know picture in your mind what your day would look like as a successful business person, and then feel it and feel the joy of making money and feel the joy of helping people. Or if you wanna be in that relationship, feeling the joy of being with a partner or feel the joy of being in your dream car. And that gets you closer to having it.
0: I like that. As we both know, I'm a bitter curmudgeon when it comes to law of attraction, but I'm slowly softening my edges. (laughs) My question to you then is this, uh, since it's related to this card, how does one go about feeling that, but also maintaining a level of authentic communication with oneself where they're not in denial about the reality of the situation they're in?
1: Well, reality is just perception. I think we talked about this before. What you can see in your bank account and what you can see in front of you and what you can tangibly touch is the physical manifestation of what you created in the past. So if you stopped today and started to say different things and change the story that you tell yourself, and change your feelings about things, while making space and allowing, and saying, "Hey, I know that this is what I can see right now, but I know that I can feel something before I can see it." Hmm. That's what—that's literally what manifestation is. It's being able to feel it before you can see it.
0: So then, my next question would be like, this will be my last question. Then we can we can move on. Um, <laughs> What actionable step can myself or people listening take to really um, help anchor these thoughts into reality Whenever, or these feelings?
1: That's a great question, Ross. Thank you. Whenever this card comes up when I'm uh, working with a client, I always ask them. I'm like, what, what do you really wish to have in your life? What do you want? And I always say, I want you to go home and write a list mm-hmm. without anything in your mind other than your desires. So if you're writing your list of what the perfect person is, you can't think about a, somebody from your past.
0: Oh man, no.
1: No, seriously, you have to you have to create it. Like this is a creation card. You are coming up with the ideas of what that would feel like for you essentially so i did this when i was manifesting my partner and i made a list and i was like i want to be with somebody and i listed all the characteristics and it's not just physical things like i think the only thing physical i put on the list was that i found them physically attractive Mm -hmm. that could mean a million different things it's not specific to eye color hair color height weight style it was more the characteristics of somebody that would feel good to me, somebody. So I would say I want somebody who is mentally stable, somebody who is financially stable, somebody who is a great communicator, somebody who enjoys this, that, and the other thing. Like put those, what are the real qualities, emotional qualities in a person? Hmm. And that is the same across the board if it's a job you're trying to manifest like you want to say something you know i'm looking for a job that i feel competent in or that i have room to grow or that um excites me like the feelings that you get that's really it's not like just saying i you know i'm trying to manifest a phone or i'm trying to manifest a car which is great but it's like What are the feelings? Like I'm trying to manifest a new iPhone because I'm going to be using it to do all my businesses and interface all of my accounts and la, 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 Like that's really what this card is about in a modern way.
0: Okay. So it's kind of like infinite um, potentiality and tapping into it and choosing the adventure that you want, but then like tuning yourself into that. Exactly. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, moving on then, because I feel that we nailed that one. Good job at explaining it and giving people actionable steps. Um, what card do you want to move to next?
1: Well, before we move on, do you want to talk about traditional meanings of the card? Or are we just skipping?
0: No, we definitely can. I'm fine with that.
1: Um, I just felt like... In the traditional card, it was a card about illusions and delusional thinking, hmm. and I feel like that doesn't that doesn't feel helpful. Mm. And it doesn't give. It also makes it seem like it's demonizing getting good things in life and not giving yourself permission to want.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I could see that way, and I definitely feel that I've interpreted it. after the conversation we had. Though looking at it now, I almost feel like it's placing the value on this kind of unknown aspect and not focusing so much on all these other material things, but focusing on the unknown because it has the the thing hidden underneath the handkerchief, like outline, where it's like, what is what's behind door number seven. <laughs> But yeah, I, I definitely can agree with the illusion thing. And I think that that is the uh, traditional understanding of it, but maybe I guess it is what it's saying is your emotions can lead you to a delusional thinking in the sense of seeing what isn't there and really attributing aspects to things that are not grounded in reality.
1: Definitely. And I think that that's a important that you bring that up because um Sometimes people get discouraged when they're trying to take their ideas and bring them into reality because they, if something doesn't manifest for them, they think, oh, law of attraction doesn't work for me and this is all bullshit. And it's like, you know, that's when you have to realize that like the universe has a better option for you. Mm Mm-hmm. So get back to the drawing board because just because maybe that door didn't open, it wasn't supposed to be your door. Cause there's a much better door for you.
0: Yeah. It's like, yeah, Kate, you probably don't need that new BMW and those and like a lifetime supply of Starbucks. There's probably something a little bit better for you. Like, cause I feel like some people get so focused on what in my understanding is bullshit stuff that they're trying to manifest rather than things that actually matter. I could just be my own curmudgeon self, though. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you feel comfortable moving on now? Is there anything else that you want to add to that card?
1: No, nope, I think we're good. Um, you want to talk about Seven of Wands?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess I'll go with what I see first, and then we'll kind of transition to the moon void tarot and your understanding. Sound good? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so for this one I am using the Rider Smith weight. And you have this person who's confronting all of these other little wands and he's sitting there holding his ground. So the, the blue in the background to me is light blue. So again, it's kind of about communicating creation and he's trying to defend his creation from all these other creations <laughs> that are coming up from it. Um, And to me, it's this defensiveness of what we're trying to create and not letting other ideas permeate what we're doing. So there's no real expansion or change or growth. Um, And that's something that I've personally struggled with a large time is not wanting to take constructive criticism and viewing it as a tax when it's more so trying to build a more stable structure. Because if you look at it from the standpoint of um, all of those sticks together could build some kind of foundation or some kind of structure or if you put them all together it would be harder to break them collectively than individually so it, it goes into this concept of um, collectivism of ideas that we had talked about previously and it's kind of a further expansion of the concept of um, community being a source of strength and not looking at them as uh, competition but looking as at them as a source for foundation and continuity I guess.
1: I like that a lot. Thank you. Yeah,
0: hey, you're welcome. So do you what do you want to say about this card before we look at the Moon Void Tarot?
1: So mine is not far off. Okay. The Moon Void Tarot is, is very similar. Um because I feel like the defensiveness is a huge um key word in this card, but I also feel like, um, hypervigilance. And I feel like, um, you can see, like, she's kind of standing there. She's not fighting it off so much as like, she feels a little, almost a little beat down Mm -hmm. because she's trying so hard to defend herself, but As you can see in both cards, you can't tell who's holding those wands. And I feel like a lot of times we are trying so hard to justify what it is that we're doing and we feel like we have something to prove.
2: Hmm.
1: But to who? Nine times out of 10, we're just trying to prove it to ourselves. So I feel like this is a card that is all about being able to move forward in, you know, be in the chariot of that motion when you stop trying to prove your your worth and prove your ideas and prove your validity.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: When you accept yourself, I'm sorry, when you accept yourself, then you don't see your haters if you want to call it that, you don't see that anymore because they were never there to begin with.
0: I like that. Yeah. Anybody that's kind of talking shit about what you're doing, it's more a reflection of them and where they're at and the need to uh, feed off of insulting you because they can't create the feelings that you're creating independently of like internally based upon your actions. They don't know how to do that. So they're just going to talk shit. Right.
1: Exactly. And a lot of times, like, um, she's not in a fighter stance because she's wasted all of her energy mm-hmm. trying to prove herself, and that takes away from her creative drive. That's
0: one of the things that I noticed about it is that there is this kind of um, more passive sense, and it's more that, like, the body language of it feels more closed down and shut off than it being the, the fighter stance, as you had mentioned. I think it's a very good expression of that card
1: and i guess maybe because that's from a female perspective we're not always in that masculine energy we're in receptive energy so you're taking you're and you're taking it and you're internalizing that energy Hmm. and it really zaps your whole drive and excitement
0: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm I could really see that um, yeah I, I love that card I think you did a good job expressing it
2: Thank
1: you.
0: so we are left with seven of Pentacles I'm curious to see what yours is first
1: so mine is not that different um, I took the person out and I left the garden
0: hmm life's a garden dig it in the words of Joe dirt <laughs> <laughs>
1: So seven is about um, trusting again, what's unknown that you Hmm. did something and it's growing and you have to continually show up to water it and nurture it. Hmm. Even if it's not ready yet to like pick and harvest. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I like that. I really get a strong sense of patience from it overall. Um, If I had to set up the card in one word, it would be patience. And And the, uh, Ryder Smith weight, there's the green there, which I really feel the green again is associated with heart, like labor of love and kind of being patient with your labor of love, bearing fruits. And then the yellow of it isn't so much material. It's more of the sense of self that you cultivate from the patience of nurturing a project that you're passionate about and really letting it come to fruition or bearing fruit. And then, uh, really taking, um, pride in that and then also the element of orange in his tunic would be this sense of creating uh this this harvest from everything the blue would be really communicating what you want through your action um this non-verbal communication of showing up and doing the hard work um like reaping what you sow is, is really a big part of this too like um It's a really powerful card.
1: It is a very powerful card. Um, There's a thing that in business, but also life, it's called the compound effect. And the compound effect is stating that small actions over time create big results. Hmm. And so when I get this card in readings, it's the compound effect. So a lot of times people are getting tarot readings because they want something and it hasn't come into material form quite yet or it is it's in material form but it's not ready to have like um, the most common example I can think of is relationships and women specifically I work with a lot of women um, who want their relationships to take the next level and they feel ready and they want they want to see the tangible, you know, whether that's like a marriage, engagement, moving in, um, putting a label on it, like whatever that is. So, in relationships, it's saying, you know what, you show up to that relationship knowing you have to just know that it's going to bear fruit, it's going to blossom at its perfect time, but you have to continue to nurture it. Hmm. Looking at it from a worried, perspective or you're stressed or you're trying to harvest it too soon, it's not gonna, it's not gonna taste good. It's not gonna bloom. Hmm. And the same thing like when you know you're waiting for a job or you're waiting for and you've been on like a million interviews and you're like why aren't they offering me this job? It's like, hold on you're showing up to it or you've made a business and you're like okay I show up every single day and I write my blog posts and I send out emails and I promote myself and I just don't have the clients yet or whatever it is or I don't have the money coming in yet. It's like that effort compounds over time. Hmm. I
0: think that's a really good perspective. This is like the card that I'm at right now in life in so many ways. Like I feel like I pretty much at all of these cards in my life on any given day. This one really speaks to me a lot
1: same i mean but it's like you just have to trust that everything that you put in kind of like we spoke about in the six of pentacles what you put out comes back
0: Hmm. yeah i like that i'm um, talking about the compound effect this is just a little quick side uh, note i was listening to this book um on tape by brian tracy and he talked about this concept of uh like 1000% growth or whatever. And he, he talked about how if every day you made the commitment to be 0.5% uh, better, like a half of a percent better than you were the day before in a period, I think it was in 10 years or something, you would be 1000% better than you were at 1004% or something astronomical like that. And it really is these incremental changes persistently over a period of time that will change the course of your life. There's a quote about that too, where it talks about um, or a metaphor rather, where it talks about how the uh, a ship at sea, if it's off an inch over the course of its journey, will end up somewhere completely different. And I think that that's really, really important for people to remember that like nobody who got to these big lofty places in life did it overnight. <laughs> it really is a matter of these persistent small changes that they've made.
1: Exactly. Everybody compares themselves to everybody else. And they're like, damn, that person like got, you know, that person has like 20,000 followers on Instagram and they have like a full book of clients and they're booked and getting corporate spirituality gigs. Like what, what the fuck's wrong with me? And it's like, that you're starting, you didn't start at the same place and the path is different. You know, your course is charted and it's going to be something that's perfect for you. And just because where you're at right now looks similar to somebody else, your chart, it goes in it, like you said, a different place and where you end up and your success is going to look so different, but be perfect for you.
0: Hmm. That
1: if you start messing with it because you can't relax into divine timing and patience, hmm. then it's, you're not ever going to get any further.
0: I think that that's incredibly important, especially with with the uh, business in mind is understanding that you're going to fail more times than you succeed in business. <laughs> um, and that it really is a matter of, getting comfortable with that and then also staying with sticking with it for the long haul because the number one reason that businesses fail is because people give up um, <laughs> or they try to grow beyond where they're capable of growing like rushing it not having patience um, just from my limited experience those are the two main things I can think of.
1: No definitely. I agree.
0: Um, I guess we're ready for the recap unless you have anything else that you want to add.
1: Um, no, I think we covered everything we came here to cover today.
0: And I'm sorry if everybody just heard a snorty dog noise. My dog is now asleep on my lap. (laughs) So the, let's start with, uh, the seven. What is the numerological meaning of the seven again?
1: The seven is, um, is a card of action and moving forward. Um, it's, um, it's moving forward, but in a patient way and trusting like divine guidance.
0: Hmm. Um, Okay, I I like that a lot. And then moving forward or taking some action, we're gonna move into the uh, Seven of Swords. What does that one mean?
1: That one is like identifying um, where you need to kind of unpack your baggage, your mental Mm -hmm. concepts and change. And start thinking differently and kind of working through and not keeping them all hidden.
0: Hmm. And then we'll move into the Seven of Cups, which the traditional meaning is more so illusion. And you had expanded it to be um, Law of Attraction more so, like getting clear with what you want.
1: Yeah, it's, um, it's being able to take your thoughts and feelings and from being abstract into the tangible world. Hmm. clear on that. Of what, what the things you want, what connecting the emotions to the thoughts.
0: Hmm. I like that a lot. Um, Seven of Wands is more so about defensiveness and kind of uh, not being vulnerable, not opening up and not being open to new ideas. So like closed mindedness in a sense.
1: Or just like your, your actions being shutting down because mm. you're working so hard to prove your worth or your point or whatever it is that it's keeping you from taking guided action.
0: Tying it into fire, then I guess it could be reduced to burning yourself out. Yes. <laughs> um, and then seven of pentacles really is just kind of nurturing it, uh, patient nurturing.
2: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Very, very beautiful. I like all of those um, because I think they're all relative and important to be mindful of. So what do we have to look forward to next week?
1: So uh, next week is going to be eight. So a lot of times I remember the, um, some people read the eight as um, justice, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of decks... Um, it's strength in the moon void tarot, it's strength and the eights. So we're going to look at strength in the eights and I love this card. And I have so much to say and I don't want to like spoil any of it, but, um, I can't wait for our discussion.
0: Yeah, me too. I'm looking forward to it. No spoilers on this one, folks. Sorry. I could not coax it out of her or get her to slip up. Um, I just want to thank you, Stephanie, for coming on. And real quick, I want to tell anybody listening, if you would like to get involved in this conversation, shoot one of us an email or reach out to us on Instagram. Um, That information will be below. And, uh, Stephanie, do you want to take us out with a kind word? Aw,
1: thanks, Rob. (laughs) I just really want to thank everybody who listens every week. We're having so much fun doing this and we hope that, you're getting a lot out of it and please feel free to reach out to us and interact
0: thank you for listening if you love this show one kind review goes a long way if you have a question or comment you'd like read on air please send your email to staff at spiritualphoenixstudios.com or use the link in the show notes